Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You are now listening to Believe in the ACC with my husband, Mr. Talkin' Noise, Lloyd Spence, and our brother, Heisman Trophy and Florida State legend, Charlie Ward. And now, Lloyd and Charlie. Go get them, fellas. There you go. Now we now we now we active here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a perfect intro too. I said one of the one of the things that's um exciting about working from home is that when everybody's gone, you appreciate the silence. <laughs> I guess so. Sometimes it can be good. It well, it, it is sometimes. I don't it doesn't happen often in my house, but but here today. Like the family's away and they do it. They had like a dentist appointment or something. So I get I get the house to myself. It's quiet in my office, quiet in my home. So uh, good to see you, man. How's everything going? We're uh, perking along. Uh, That's good, man. That's great. That's great. Well, you're listening to Believe in the ACC. I am Lloyd Spence. That voice you hear is Charlie Ward. Uh, if you're listening to this on Thursday uh, for the podcast, welcome, welcome. We're glad to uh, be here with you. If you are watching us live right now on Facebook, on the Noisemakers page, welcome to each and every one of you. We're glad to have you today. And today we are going to be previewing the games. We'll play our game, uh, weekly game, Let's Pick Them. And I got a tally. Next week I'm going to tally where we are as far as predictions. So we'll be ready. We'll have that going uh, next week. But uh, this week we'll we'll make our predictions, but before we get into our predictions, I wanted to take Charlie into the world of Game of Thrones. Uh, Charlie, are you familiar with Game of Thrones? Um, <laughs> Let me bring you up to speed, my brother. Game of Thrones is one of those shows that was iconic in nature, and just to summarize very simply. There were several different houses. I believe there was like nine different houses, seven to nine different houses of families. And all of those families were fighting for the one throne to rule the kingdom. And that's kind of what we have in the ACC right now. Now, we know Clemson is the obvious king of the kingdom right now. They've been the king of the Queen kingdom for quite some time. But there may be some legitimate challengers to the throne this year. And so I wanted to just run through a couple of people, give you a couple of statistics, and then get your opinion on who you think could be legit contenders to the uh, the ACC uh, crown. This is our version. This is our version of the ACC Game of Thrones and who is the true challenger to Clemson in the ACC championship. So, uh, Charles, uh, go ahead. I have a question. You said that Clemson has been rule of, you know, for quite some time. I, you don't agree? I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm, I'm just curious to know what is, what is in your mind, <laughs> quite some time. Well, I'm sitting here thinking uh, just six years ago, um, we were, we we represented Florida State. I, I love it. I love it. Represented the ACC uh, in the playoffs. Flex on, flex on, Charlie. Just 20, 20, 
2014. All right, we won a championship. We won a championship in 2013. 2014, we come back and we, we don't lose another game. Uh, then we lose to Oregon, you know, in the playoffs. So what, what in your mind, what do you mean by quite some time? Because when I started thinking about quite some time, you know, we started, <clears throat> we started the, in the ACC in 1991. <laughs> this is fantastic. This is fantastic. Go ahead, Carl. You're doing great. And then we, we, I'm talking about Florida State. Florida, I, oh, oh, everybody knows you're talking about Florida State. Yeah. Now, we, we ran, we ran the league for quite some time. Okay. Before. Uh, we well a few years after when Warwick I think you know missed it in Virginia I think that might have been our only loss in quite some time in like three years or whatever. Yeah, so I'm yeah. just trying to figure out what do you mean by quite some time because Clemson has been running the league for the past six or so five and a half years they've been coming along. Well, well that's what I meant by quite some time. But okay. historically, you are correct, sir. Uh, Florida State is on what quite some time to you meant. I love it. That was fantastic. First of all, shout out to Charlie Ward for that. That was amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, let me let me uh, requalify my statement. Uh, Clemson has been the top dog for a few years now. Does that sound better? Okay. <laughs> That was fantastic. I am so happy right now. Okay, and shout out to Elton Drake and all the noisemakers listening. He says he loves the show. Keep it going. Appreciate you, brother, uh, for that. Um, okay, so with that being said, and Charlie definitively saying that they're just the dogs right now, not historically the guys. Okay, uh, let's run through a couple of people real quick because uh, I wanted to uh, just kind of go through some stats and 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 – just see what your thought process is of who do you think are the real challengers. And so we'll start with the um, House of Tar Heel. Normally, when, when we're talking Game of Thrones, we refer to them as a house. So the House of Tar Heel with their house leader, Sir Sam Howell. All right. Um, what makes them interesting to me, Charlie, is that they have eight. They're eighth in total scoring. Now, this is a small sample size, but they're eighth in total scoring with 31 points. All right. Um, they are – let me get back over here real quick. There we go. They're eighth in total scoring with 31 points a game, fourth in yards per game with 463, eighth in rushing with 160, and second – now, after all these weeks, they're still second in passing at 303. Now. They also have the top defense, first in scoring and defense, holding their their opponent, their only opponent, but their opponent to six points. Second in total defense, holding that opponent to 202 yards. Fourth in rushing, second in passing. They have uh, the number 10 rusher in Carter with 78 yards, the number one passer in Sam Howell in 295 yards, and the number two receiver in D. Brown it, with 94 yards. So with that being said, the House of Tar Heel, are they a real threat to the throne or not? Um, I would say they are. Um, and just to, I know as we continue to move forward to what the other teams um, or the other houses, 
Um, the key component is going to be the quarterback. Uh, quarterback and the defense. That Those are two components that can definitely help a team overcome a, a superpower. Um, of course, you need some special teams as well. You need a good kicker, you know, because if you get close range or long range, you need to be able to have someone to, to fall back on and get some points. Uh, but the key is, is do you have a quarterback that can make your offense better regardless of who he's playing with? And if he has some weapons like North Carolina does mm. in a run game, um, in a passing game, then, uh, you know, they'll have a chance. But the key, one of the key components will be the defense. Um, because as we know, the juggernaut for Clemson, since we're talking about them, we're not really including them in the mix. They're like the, the hunted. Right. Uh, you're going to have to have a solid defense, um, starting with the uh, run game. Uh, you need to have a good pass rush. Uh, one of the things that I do believe Clemson may be vulnerable, where they may be vulnerable, is the offensive line because they're breaking in some new guys. Mm -hmm. I think they do a good job of scheming. Um, and those guys, you know, they have, I think, one guy uh, back, uh, it's Carmen. Um, and, and so that may be an area where you can, you know, take advantage of them uh, right now. Uh, and, you know, being a, and, and defensively, they have some, some, some young uh, players that are very, very good, but they are young and, and talented. Um, and as we know, um, they're going to be well coached, but they're still young. Um, and so I think that's another area where if you have a strong running game or you have a running game that you can lean on um, and you probably play with a little tempo, uh, that would definitely help. Uh, but you just need to be solid and at the quarterback position where mm -hmm. well, you can't make too many mistakes, but you got to be able to, you know, make good decisions. You got to have a run game and you got to have a solid defense if you're talking about uh, beating Clemson. But Florida, I think um, North Carolina, yeah. they have those components. Now we just got to get them some games under their belt. They only played one game so far. Right. Do you think this is to that point that you just made? Do you think this is kind of the perfect storm uh, for these uh, challengers to the ACC championship uh, that Clemson's team is younger than it normally is? Like they, a lot of their championship runs have had a really, uh, probably percentage-wise, it was probably a, a weighted a little heavier toward upperclassmen than this team is. And this is, I would say, this is my maybe one of the younger teams across the board that Dabo has had, and and is is that make them the most vulnerable that we've seen in a while? Um, but they still got that dude um, that that's back there. His name is Trevor Lawrence. Right, right. They still got right, right. And at know, the key position, they're not young. You're right. Correct. And so, and Travis Etienne. Right. Um, and then, you know, the, the wide receiving core may, we may not know them, but they're still talented and they can play. Yeah. So, you know, from an offensive standpoint, you know, the, the names may have changed a little bit, uh, but the production thus far has been the same. Um, it's just the defense that we're kind of unsure about uh, because we just, I mean, they're, like I say, they're young. Most of them are young. Yeah. And then, 
last year they they played a lot of guys in games you know because they were out I mean they were they beat teams and so a lot of those players is playing now you know got some good experience um maybe not in tough situations but they still got some experience game experience so it'd be interesting to see how they get challenged you know from a defense standpoint uh one thing that I found you know watching them against LSU last year when they lost was um LSU was able to handle defensively their blitzes mm-hmm. um and if you can handle their blitz packages because they do a lot of different things with their guys um you know come from different places and their whole thing is built on you know scheme you know they have great scheme and then what you found in LSU was <laughs> that they found a weak link um, yeah. and they found a one-on-one coverage that they probably knew um and they took advantage of it yeah exploited it yeah when whenever they were they were able to handle any kind of blitzes they they brought out they also spread them out uh which kind of shows if you're going to blitz you're going to need to um you know play man to man um and once you spread them out they're going to blitz more than you can bring and now you got to hit a short guy or they're going to drop some guys out and you can handle whatever they bring. And now you have an opportunity to hit a big play. So it'll be interesting to see how other teams uh, approach them. Yeah. Forward. And will and will North Carolina, a team like North Carolina, who has speed in very key places on the defensive side of the ball, will they be able to run a similar defensive scheme to combat that Clemson offense? That's a great, great, great point. Listen, uh, for those of you watching, on the uh, Facebook page and listening to the podcast. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. And we uh, are huge uh, supporters of Bet Online. We appreciate them so much for being one of the sponsors of this podcast. And we appreciate and we love uh, the setup of that place. It's, it's amazing. It's, a, it's an online palace for uh, those who love that betting atmosphere. Uh, for game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always online casino as well because it never closes. You can be up at 2 o'clock in the morning playing in the casino. <laughs> Although that's, that can be a little much. You yeah. might want to get some rest. But, but that's, normal. that's normal, though. Yeah, it is normal for a lot of people. It really is. For, betting, uh, for playing those games. <laughs> Speaking of bet online. Yeah. yeah. I was just looking. Is that a Lakers hat you have on? That is a Lakers hat on. That is wow. a, a lifelong Laker fan. So I haven't been able to wear this hat in a few years. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so I'm, and they are heavily favored. Now, here's what's interesting at Bet Online: the Lakers are heavily favored to win, but the money is going toward the Miami Heat, which makes sense because you're going to win. Listen, right now, if you bet on the Lakers, you're not going to win much. But but if you bet on Miami. You're going to win quite a bit. So uh, the, the Miami is getting a lot of money uh, uh, for the uh, the bets right now. So go ahead and go over to uh, betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today. BetOnline, your online sports experts. So there you go. Yes, Charlie, this is a Laker hat. I have to. I haven't been able to wear this hat in like six years, bro. I, I had to put it on. <laughs> Finals tonight, I have to put it on. All right, let's go to our next house, and that would be 
the House of Notre Dame with House Leader Sir Ian Book. Uh, the Notre Dame, again, one of those teams that has not played a lot of games. They played two games, but that's a for where we are now, it's a decent sample size of, of what it has taken place. So now let's look at them by the numbers. Notre Dame by the numbers, fourth in scoring at 39.5 points a game, seventh in total yards, 435 uh, yards per game, second in rushing, despite, and which was a little bit surprising to me, but they're second in rushing at 229 uh, yards per game, 12th in passing at 205 yards per game. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, Notre Dame, uh, holding opponents to 6.5 uh, points per game. Their two opponents are held them 6.5 points per game in average. Uh, number fourth in total yards at 284. Number five in rushing at 92.5. And number four in passing at 192 yards per game. What say you, uh, Sir Charlie Ward, of the House of Notre Dame? Uh, I, I think they have a chance. I'm just not sure where they are as far as competing with um, Clemson uh, when it's all said and done. And Book, of course, has a show probably a little bit more in the passing game, a little bit more consistency. Um, because when I look at a quarterback, I look at how he manages the pocket, um, decision-making, which means every time it looks like he's throwing the football or getting ready to throw the football, 95% of times he's making the right, right read or the right decision. Now the execution part may not be, you know, all there, but just knowing that he's making the right decisions 95% of the time. Right. Um, You know, that's, that just goes to show me that that guy understands and knows where he needs to go to football what it needs to do, making good decisions. Decisions. Then you have to have a running game. Now they meet that that criteria. They have a very good running game. Um, that's something that they can hang their hats on. I'm not saying the quarterback has to throw the ball, you know, 40 times to be successful, uh, but you got to have balance. Uh, right. In, anything in life, you got to have balance. Um, and then defensively, you know, I mean, I think they're. They're okay. they they can get it done as well, uh, but you need to, against Clemson. You need to have a good run run defense, along with a pass rush. And if you have those things, which I'm not one hundred percent, I haven't really focused on, um, or, or seen what Notre Dame has actually done uh, on defense. I know they, the numbers show, um, but what they have actually what they actually have as far as personnel, uh, I haven't really focused on mm-hmm. but I, if they have all the components that meet the criteria to be a solid defense then I would say they would be a contender is, is that, that part of the Game of Thrones that is part of the Game of Thrones listen I I think Notre Dame it's obvious even though we're only two games in I think it's obvious that they're going to lean heavily on their defense this year. Uh, it, it looks like they are built to stop the run, and that's where they're going to kind of rest their hat this year, which is great, but but it, it doesn't say a lot about the, the back end. 
and they have not yet played a team that can exploit the back end of their defense yet. So now as they start to get further into the ACC season, they will play those teams that can take advantage of them over the top. It'll be interesting to see if they will be able to uh, really perform at, at continue to perform at a high level uh, against those type of teams uh, going forward. Because I, I I wonder if they if they if they have what it takes to to really slow down uh, teams totally, or if it's just one of those situations where. Uh, you, they'll load the box and try to get off the field that way. But if a team can pass over the top and take advantage of the short route and even the mid routes, will they be able to uh, to really contend and, and slow teams down? And you're right, because I don't think Notre Dame can get in the shootout. I don't think they're built for that. Uh, I think uh, they're just – Ian Book is just too inconsistent right now. Maybe that will change as the season goes along. But right now, he's just way too inconsistent to um, – so I think it's going to be ground and pound for them. It's going to be total ground and pound, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and then, you know, try to stop them on defense. So, uh, but but I do like the I do like the house of Notre Dame. I think they might be uh, a reasonable contender to the throne. However, my next uh, house I present to you, sir, could probably be, in my opinion, my humble opinion, could be the strongest contender to the throne that we have, and that is the House of Hurricane, um, led by Sir Derek DJ King. <laughs> uh, let me throw out some numbers for you just to give you an idea of what they've done already in four games. And that's a really good sample size to, to kind of define what a team is. But here they are, number one in scoring with 45 points a game. Number one in total yards with 503 yards per game. Number three in rushing with 224 yards per game. Number three in passing with 279 yards per game. Then you flip over to the defense. Uh, number 10. Now, they're number 10 in average yards surrendered, uh, but they're number four in uh, scoring. Number four in scoring. So they might be giving up yards. Uh, or sorry, they might be giving up, uh, yeah, total yards, but they're not giving up points at all. And it's not resulting in points. Uh, they're number uh, two in, in, in um, yards surrendered. As, oh, I'm sorry, I missed the, misspoke the stat here. That is, uh, no, that was it. That was that was the stat. Okay, so they, they have a solid, solid defense. It's, it's, it's. They might be the real thing on defense for sure. Uh, they're number uh, nine in rushing. They're number uh, now passing is where their weakness is. If you can, if you can get past the 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 uh, the, the, the the first the front seven, you got a shot with them because they they rank uh, almost dead last in uh, passing. But they're putting up ridiculous numbers, so you got you got to wonder. Is, is this team the real thing? It's it's kind of funny, Charlie. It's uh, they're very similar to Clemson if you think about it. Uh, they have a, a great front seven on defense, but maybe the back end isn't great, and 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 so but they can put up a lot of points, so they don't have to be, you know, they don't have to be the greatest defensive team. They just have to not break. So, what are your thoughts about the House of Hurricanes, sir? 
Uh, well, they definitely are, you know, contenders uh, when it comes to uh, dethroning Clemson because, you know, I keep going, quarterback gives them a chance. Yeah. You know, each and every time out, um, you know, he's going to give you a chance to uh, win regardless of who you're playing. Um, and then, you know, their tempo that they use here. Oh, we lost Charlie. Oh, there he is. Charlie, are you there? Yes. I'm there you go. There you go. Awesome. There he you understands. Go. He understands and knows what where he wants to go to football. He understands the offense. Uh, the guys rally around him. Uh, he makes the right throws, the right decisions. And then he has some guys that can get things done, you know, on the outside. Uh, he got – he has a, has a Higgins, <laughs> you know, there. Uh, yeah. Traded, traded him from – you know, Clemson or their brothers yeah. or what, but he's not bad. Um, I can't think of number three's name, but he's a good receiver. Jordan, the tight end. Yeah. Um, and, and they just, he just uses all his weapons. Um, and, and I think that's something you have to guard against. When a team has that many guys that can get things done on the offensive standpoint, uh, you have a chance. Defensively, um, I think they have enough, um, you know, the back end hadn't been really exposed. I think uh, we missed some off for Royal State, missed some opportunities uh, to be able to expose some of those uh, flaws that they had. But I just know that Trevor Lawrence is not going to miss opportunities. Uh, right. So I just think, you know, it's going to come down to, you know, who – makes the least amount of mistakes because that's normally what it comes down to in a competitive game. Uh, who makes the least amount of mistakes and who has the big plays, um, offense or defense, or even special teams. Those those can play a big part. And I know Miami's improved their special teams. Clemson, their kicker as well, um, has improved. Um, so it could come down to, and, and you know, and by that time, by the time they play in a couple of weeks, uh, they may have some people in the stands. Charlie, how do you improve your your secondary in season? Is that possible, or, or or are you what you are once the season starts? You're just kind of where you are, and that's just it's just going to be what it is. Well, the way you can improve sometimes is because those guys hadn't really played or the the experience, and so get an opportunity to play. Uh, definitely helps you because you can go back and watch the film on the things that like I'm sitting up here talking about, you know, that could have been exposed. Uh, you sit and watch all the little plays uh, that could have, you know, if someone was watching or looking at it now, you know, where are we vulnerable? And you'll sit and try to work those kinks out um, and, and teach through the film. You want to be able to teach while you're winning. Right. <laughs> the best way. Right. Uh, but, you know, I just think, you know, being able to play, uh, being able to teach through uh, those mistakes, um, the, the success and the, and the failures uh, to be able to help a young secondary or a guy. Uh, I mean, they, they're not really young, but uh, help a secondary that may uh, be struggling. I know uh, I think his name is uh, Bolden, the, the yeah. free safety at, at uh, University of Miami. Talk about, you know, the standard that they 
played with against Louisville. It wasn't acceptable. And so this, the next week they came out and they wanted to play at a higher, you know, level, higher standard. And I thought they did a good job of doing that. And so, you know, each and every week, it's all about getting better each week yeah. so that when you do get a chance, to, when your chance comes to play against, you know, a quality team, you're prepared. And if you don't fare well that week, I mean, it's not like the end of the, end of the year because this year only, and this may be something I want to throw out to you, this may be something they may revisit, you know, when where your top two teams uh, are playing for the championship as opposed to the divisions. And so um, this year, you know, if Miami loses, they can still run the table and then be able to play Clemson um, again. Yeah. Um, or if Clemson loses, they can still run the table and then they can end up playing whoever the top team, the, the next top team is. So this year is unlike any other year where, you know, if you're in the same normally division, you can still get to the ACC championship game. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's actually I like it. I, I'm I, I like it and I hope they keep it as well. Um it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what, what the rest of the conference feels about it. But I but I do think it's a good model because it does, right, it gives everybody at least another opportunity uh, and maybe things can fall into place, uh, you know, for a team. Like, like even with, like, other teams, we'll get to that here in a second. But if you, you stumble early, uh, maybe there's a, still a possibility for you to salvage your season and get back in the conversation uh, with you making a run. Because sometimes you're just not ready early. You're just not. And, and it doesn't come together, but then something clicks and then, the, you know, the rest of the season is good. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Okay, Charlie, our final uh, candidate for the, the throne would be uh, one that kind of, I think, surprised us both, uh, which would be the House of Panther with uh, Sir Kenny Pickett, their house leader. Uh, the House of Panther. Now they got some interesting numbers, Charlie. I'm, this, this is this is one of those throwback uh, team stats, if you will. They're the number seven in, in points scored, which is thirty three per game. Number ten in in uh, uh, total yards with three ninety one. Number ten in one hundred forty three in rushing. Number nine in passing. So nothing jumps off the chart for you on the offensive side of the ball, just middle of the road. But here's where it gets interesting. They're holding opponents at number four and holding opponents to 10 points per game. They're number one in yards, total yard surrender per game, which is 177 yards. Number one in rushing. They've only given up 57 yards on average for the year. And number four in passing. So when you look at that, you know, the old saying is defense wins championships. And it looks like with a sample size of three games that Pitt has a legit defense. And and it looks like they've already, you know, said we're resting our hat on what we do on the defensive side of the ball. And they just don't want their offense to, to uh, you know, not score anything. Just give us enough to work with. And it worked. That formula worked last week against Louisville. Will it work? continue to work as the season goes on 
It'd be interesting to see. Um, you know, you definitely want to have a solid defense, as we talked about. You got to have that in order if you're going to compete for anything. Um, but you definitely have to be well balanced. Um, if you don't have an offense that, you know, that, that's explosive, um, then you may have a tough time because if you get behind, um, you can, you know, kind of lose your weight. But I think Pitt has some guys that, you know, the quarterback does give him a chance because he makes good decisions. And uh, the offense I think they run is, um, you know, it's kind of a ball control type of offense. They mix right. in eye formation. They mix in, you know, some spread. And uh, they mix in a lot of different things. And so um, and it's about ball control because, you know, the quarterback does every single play. He goes to the sideline to get the play. And so that's going to eat up clock every single time. They don't have to get in the huddle. Right. He goes and calls a play. So it's more of a ball control. That, 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 that eats you up. That just You cannot stand that game. <laughs> I'm just like, man, can we get into the uh, 2000s? Uh, like, you know, 20... Not even the oh my goodness. Not even the twenty tens. Charlie, you you're killing me today. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff we did in high school when I was in high school. That was back in the eighties, late eighties. Oh my goodness! So, wow. Um. So I'm just, you know, I think they their offense is built around, you know, ball control, uh, which can work. However, if you get behind it's kind of hard to do ball control. Right. So, um, I, I think they have a chance. Um, and I don't think they've played they, – they have not played from behind yet. So, it will be interesting to see what happens when they have to play from behind and when they have to go downfield and rely on that quarterback. And you can't ball control and you can't will – they, will they have to abandon that? And now, will he keep running to the sideline? Getting the getting the play and coming back in. Because we call them one or two or or something or something, right, right. So uh, our last house is not really a house, Charlie. It's it's everybody else. And I asked the question to you: Who is the team that is out has the outside chance to shock everybody? Uh, left in the conversation is Virginia. Is Virginia Tech? Uh, who I think is pretty good. I thought they had a pretty good showing. Um, is uh, NC State, who did not play well last week, but maybe that's a one-off. We don't know. But I'm curious. And by the way, if you're a noisemaker and you're out there listening, feel free to comment. Tell us who you think that we missed. Uh, do you, Or do you agree with the four people we chose for that are the true contenders for the ACC championship to play Clemson in the title game. We assume that Clemson is going to be there. So uh, now Clemson may not be there. The Clemson may be the one that might not be there. We'll see. But uh, who do you think on the outside of that list that we started is the probably the most likely to to break free and break through to the championship game? Uh, are you saying I need to choose somebody? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Okay, if you, yeah. you ask me to choose someone. Well, let me say this. Not necessarily. If you don't think there is another one outside, though, then don't choose. I won't make you choose. Well, I'll, I'll say this. There may be a team that may be able to beat 
one game, one of the top four guy, four contenders that we talked about. Okay. I mean, it was like one game. Um, and, you know, and I'm trying to, you know, the only team that possibly, you know, could, and we and we didn't see their full roster, you know, right. like Tech. Right. Uh, they, they were playing with guys that they didn't expect to play with uh, a lot. And, you know, they also played North Carolina State. So maybe they may have caught a break um, in, with that piece. But it'd be interesting to see how Virginia Tech uh, materialized over the next few weeks, um, you know, because I think defensively they, they, they should be stout enough to be able to handle uh, some of the top contenders. Um, and they did lose some key players, you know, that opted out. Um, I don't think those guys that opted back in, none of them have, uh, that were, you know, key players for them from a defensive standpoint. And so will that come up? Um, and then you have uh, Virginia. The quarterback, I thought he played well last week, well enough mm -hmm. for them to win. Right. Uh, and he showed some promise, you know, with being accurate. Um, normally he wanted to go to football, make some – decent make some real good throws to at least say you know he he knew he knows how to play the position um and uh, he missed some throws as well but you know that's expected but he was able to you know run the football use his legs uh, that that's big and then defensively i think they were they were solid um you know even though they early on they had to find themselves but they hadn't played in a while and so once they found themselves, they were able to get stopped. So if I had to say any teams that could, I think, beat um, any of the four contenders and possibly even Clemson uh, would be Virginia or Virginia Tech. I, I would completely agree with that. I don't – with Virginia Tech, it's still, like you said, it's still all a mystery. I mean, who knows what Virginia Tech really is because, I mean, like you said, they're, they're missing so many players. And it and it just happened to pick or have the perfect opponent for their skill set for that first week. So it worked out really, really well for them. But I'll tell you something, Brennan. But I do like Virginia Tech. I will say I do like Virginia Tech a lot. But Brennan Armstrong and Lavelle Davis, they are curious to me because they really, for those two young players to have pulled it together the way that they did on Saturday. I was I was really impressed by that. And Lavelle Davis looked like the real thing. Like he looks like already looks like somebody that oh, okay, so what team will he be going to on Sunday? Because uh, he just looks like a solid, solid player all the way across the board. So I'm I'm it's gonna be interesting to see what happens going forward with the rest. I don't know if 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 there's a if there's a true house as we stay with the theme, uh with because Louisville, again, I just, I just don't know, man. They, offensively, they have a lot of wonderful parts. I don't know if they'll be able to push it and put it all together in time to make a true run. And maybe the damage has already been done. I, I, it's going to be hard for me to see a two-loss team getting to the final game. Uh, it's, it's, it's not to say it's impossible, but a two-loss team doesn't feel like they're going to make it. I fully expect a one-loss team to be in the game within the championship game in the ACC championship game. Uh, but I don't, I don't know if a two-loss team is going to make it. Do you think a two-loss team can make it to the ACC championship game? 
Uh, there's a possibility. Um, you know, someone will have to beat Miami uh, or enter the contenders that we talked about. Right. After a couple of losses within, you know, those top tier teams. Um, and as we've seen this year, I mean, anything can happen. You know, that's true. Open, Listen, that is very true. With guys being missing um, or being quarantined because of contact tracing. And so, you know, anything can happen, especially to, um, you know, your key players. And so it's going to come down to your depth, uh, who, who builds the best depth and can play, you know, a game with that depth. Um, and be successful so it'll be interesting I, I think there probably could be a two-loss team um but it will have to come i think with you know within the framework of those top tier teams beating one another right right in some form of fact or they'll let's just say miami loses to clemson and then they end up losing to Somebody like Pitt or something, yeah, yeah. Someone else, you know, within that framework. And then you get, you know, Pitt losing to someone they shouldn't have lost to. And then they lose to one of the top tier teams. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting run to the, to the finish line, I, I, I really believe. All right. That was our ACC Game of Thrones. Now it's time for my weekly favorite game. Uh, let's pick them. So, Charlie. We got our games. Now, this, I will admit going into this week's Let's Pick'em, this is not a very exciting week of Let's Pick'em. It, it, the Pick'ems seem to be pretty chalky, <laughs> if you will. But we'll go through the list and see what we, see if you and I differ in any way. Uh, first up, Campbell versus Wake Forest. 6 p.m. start time on the ACC Network. Game is at Wake Forest. Charlie, who you got? Campbell played well. Um, I forgot who they played well against in the first week. Um, gave them a run for their money. I wouldn't be surprised if this game was close. Oh. Um, you know, at least going into the fourth quarter. Are you are you are you is Charlie Ward about to pick the upset today? Uh, I'm not going that far, but <laughs> okay. I, I, I'm I'm hoping. Just like, you know, Boston College was able to pull it out against Texas State, Texas State last week. Yeah. I'm hoping that this is a very similar scenario because it will be definitely a black eye on the ACC, um, you know, if Campbell was to beat Wake Forest. So well, I'm going with Wake Forest. You're going with Wake Forest. Here's what worries me about this game for Wake Forest. Uh, Campbell got blown out. Well, they lost the close one to Georgia Southern week one. They got blown out in week two by Coastal Carolina. They got blown out in App State, uh, it, you know, at App State last week um, in that game. They are desperate, desperate for a win. And Wake Forest is prime real estate. So I do, I'm going to go Wake Forest, but I think I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be a blowout in any way. I, I think the desperation of, of of Campbell to get for the fighting camels, by the way, which is amazing. That's an amazing name. Uh, <laughs> um, the fighting camels are going to come out, and they're going to be 
they're gonna they're gonna probably give it everything they got. So I I think they're gonna give Wake Forest a lot of problems, but I fully suspect by the end of the fourth quarter for Wake Forest to have the victory. So I'm I'm gonna join you on that one. All right, our next game, NC State versus the number twenty four Pitt Panthers. It's an eleven a.m. start time. Also on the ACC Network. Charlie, who are you going with on that one? Uh, well, I'm going to go with Pitt um, just because their defense is solid. And offensively, you know, they play well enough to to give their defense a chance uh, to do their their part. And NC State coming off a tough tough loss um, against uh, Virginia Tech. I'm not sure. They're, they're kind of unsure about their quarterback. And if you're unsure about your quarterback <laughs> – you know, you're going to have some tough times. Um, yeah. You know, if your quarterback's not producing and you're trying to find that position, you know, it's tough, you know, when, when that position is not stable. So I'm going to go with Pitt. Yeah, I, I just think Pitt's defense is is starting to find its uh, stride, starting to find it. You know, they're, they're selling into who they are. Uh, and that confidence is going to be a lot for NC State to handle. Uh, and if they struggled against Virginia Tech, who who just put their defense out on the field for the first time last week, I think they're going to mightily struggle against Pitt, who has already got the wheels rolling. So I'm going with Pitt on that one as well. Uh, Jacksonville State and Florida State. Is this the week Florida State kind of turns it all around? Your Seminoles, what you got? Well. You know me, I'm hoping. Um, but these types of games have definitely not been in our favor uh, in the past years um, as we've worked to try to find our way. Um, and so, you know, I've talked to all the coaches or texted them and talked, you know, trying to figure out what's going on and how they're doing. And to me, they, they're, they're confident that they're able to, you know, get it turned around. And when it's all when you no know, one's all said and done, mm. the guys are working. They've had you know they've had some quality practices. You know, heads not down, and they see that where they are. Um, but the only way they can get out of it is to continue to improve upon the negatives that they're getting, um, and improve upon the positives yeah. uh, as well. And so, this is a tough spot because Jacksonville State. I don't think they played a game. I think this is their first game um, of the year. That is correct. So that means that now, you know, they have some new guy, I think some transfers come in um, and you're looking at film from last year and trying to figure out what, how, how things are going to go. So this is a tricky spot for Florida State because they really don't have, you know, much to go off of. Uh, but the one thing that I think they're focusing on is themselves. Um, and then making adjustments if they need to. But the key right now for Florida State is to just focus on the things that they do well and how they play. Um, and I think they'll win this game. I'm hoping it's, you know, a blowout. But <laughs> it's hard. You know, the trust factor is, is just hard because yeah. we've seen this, this script where we're playing a team that we should beat and – you know, all of a sudden, it's a close game, and and we end up winning the game, but it just doesn't seem like a win. It doesn't feel like a win. 
Well, I think you hit the right thing, Charlie. This this game for Florida State needs to feel like a win. It does not need to feel like more of the same. We're making mistakes because here's the other side of it. Florida State had, if you thought the start of the season was rough, this next four games is even rougher than that. They got a tough patch of games coming up with Notre Dame, with UNC, with Louisville, with Pitt, right back to back. And, man, I, I, I think they need to dominate and get that confidence back before they head to South Bend. They don't need to go to South Bend with the same levels of doubt and in in uh in that feelings of inadequacy and stuff that they've been carrying throughout the season so far. They need to know who they are, what they are. They need to know what they're capable of doing. They need to go out and dominate this team from for 60 minutes and then uh leave with uh, with the feelings of okay, we we, we got we righted the ship. We're going to be okay. So I I'm, I'm picking Florida State to get it done. It's a 3 p.m. start time on ESPN3. But I, 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 but I want to see what you – I think you hit it right on the head. I want to see dominance out of Florida State, not just getting by. Dominate this game. Put your season in the right direction. Uh, get your confidence back. Because sometimes winning is sometimes the perfect elixir to, to, to getting everything where you want it to be. And, and you'd be surprised at, at what that does because now you go into another rivalry game, which I guess Notre Dame is still that rivalry from back in the day. Uh, you go into a somewhat rivalry game, and you, and you and you can really rally around. Hey, we proved that we can do it. Now let's go do it again. So, I think Notre Dame is the perfect uh, opponent to follow up this Jacksonville game, Jacksonville State game, because because they're vulnerable. They are they have very vulnerable spots, and I do still believe, despite what is taking place, I still believe in that Florida State defense. So, yeah, I'm going with Florida State on that one as well. Uh, Virginia Tech, Duke. Uh, that's poor a Duke. Uh, uh, I'm going Virginia Tech. Yeah, poor Duke. I, I just – it's going to be a lot it, – it, it could be quite possible that Duke may not win a game this year. Well, that could be a couple of teams. But yeah, if, you know, you, you start looking at the schedule and they're not playing well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Duke, they, they struggled. I thought they played decent and well enough. But – here we go again. Yeah. The same thing. They're having inconsistent play at the quarterback position, and they're having a tough time protecting him. Uh, I'm sitting there watching Chase Bryce the other night um, against Virginia, and, I mean, people are in his lap. Yeah. You know, he's, he's trying to throw the ball, and people are in his lap, and he's having to speed everything up. And if the guys aren't open, now you're forcing throws or not able to, you know, throw accurately. So, uh, you know, that's that's just a tough deal. And then defensively, I thought they did play well enough, but they got tired. Um, you know, in the fourth quarter, they just started to give up points. So I'm going to go with Virginia Tech, even though uh, hopefully Virginia Tech has their full roster. Yeah. And if they do – then it'd be interesting to see how those guys who weren't playing last week come in and play this week. Um, and those guys who played this past week, you know, how they continue to improve upon the game that they had. Yeah. I I I I wonder why Duke has such a hard time recruiting offensive linemen. Because you say this is the same, we're seeing the same team 
uh, that Daniel Jones played for. I mean, in, essentially, like they couldn't block for him, and and he turned out to be he's turning out to be a pretty decent NFL quarterback. And so it just seems like that's the struggle of that team. Like they can't find quality linemen to come in and play for that team. I don't know what the the issue about that is, but it's just they struggle bad. But I, mean, I fully expect Virginia Tech to dominate in that one. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me just, since you're talking about offensive line play, I know mm-hmm. that I keep hearing this about with Florida State and all some of the other, like you're talking about Duke. Yeah. Uh, if that is the case, then that ball needs to be coming out a little bit sooner. Oh, okay. Um, and, and so I'm just a big believer that if you have offensive line issues, there's you can't have very many chances to where you're hold, having to get quarterback hold the football, waiting for a route to come open. Um, so the, the, there has to be some quicker reads. Uh, you know, there has to be some opportunities for them to be able to throw the ball to a check down um, or some form of fashion, uh, some quick throws, not always behind the line of scrimmage, but, you know, some quick hitches, slants, right. um, some quick crossing routes, uh, something to where you can soften up the defense and – but every time they blitz, and this is what I was taught, every time a team blitzes, you definitely have to take advantage of it because if you don't, they're going to continue to blitz. Absolutely. And Absolutely. now you're going to be up a creek uh, fighting against the blitz the whole game. But if you hit them a couple of times um, on a blitz, then they're going to be hesitant to do it. And some coordinators will be, you know, they'll continue with their game plan. But at least they have to think about it if they're trying to, you know, win the game. Is that is that a, is that a um, a stubbornness of some coordinators that they just they develop their offense, they develop their schemes. They're not necessarily being, I don't want to say honest, but they're not evaluating their offensive lines properly, and so they're they're saying we're better than you know they, they think that they're better at the offensive line position than they actually are. And they don't have a contingency in place to run those quick hits, those quick dumps and dinks that you need when a team is blitzing. Is that? Well, let me just let me just give you an example. My junior year, um, this is the first year we played. My first year of playing, and we played against Miami. We had eight sacks um, on the, on the day. Now I would say six or seven of those sacks were probably my fault. Mm. However, there were eight sacks. And so when we talk about sacks, people always put it on the offensive line. Yeah. But sometimes it's not all the offensive line. Right. Yeah. Um, and so as a quarterback, you and sometimes the reason why there's a sack is because I know for mine, you know, instead of me stepping up into the pocket, because at that time that wasn't, you know, my focus I was trying to spin out. Well, the offensive lineman, the tackle had blocked the guy up the field, and I was trying to spin out, and I was running right into the the defender as opposed to stepping up and then stepping out. Yeah. So, you know, that happened a couple of times. A couple of times I was holding the ball. um, Instead of trying to find somebody to throw it to um, or throw it away, you know, I was trying to make a play. And so – you know, those are things that, you know, when, if you're not watching the film consistently, a lot of times we, t- we we keep putting all the blame on the offensive line, the offensive line. It's it's a 
it's an offensive problem. If yeah. the team gets sacked, it's the quarterback, it's the offensive line, it's the receivers, because no one's getting open or whatever the case may be. And so I just think it's something we have to evaluate a little bit different. Um, yeah. Start always putting the blame on sacks on a certain group. Okay, all right. Uh, our final game of the week, Virginia and Clemson. Uh, I'll go first this time, and I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with the, the with that last uh, prediction. I think this is going to be a lot closer than people might think. I think I, I think Clemson will win, but <laughs> say, say that again. I think it's going to be closer than I think people think. I do. I, I think Virginia, while they're young. Uh, they are playing with house money. They got nothing to lose. They're not supposed to win this game anyway. In fact, I, I haven't seen the line, but I'm sure it's not favorable. Um, so they, they got nothing to lose. And I think early, because there's really there's really not a lot of tape on uh, Brennan Armstrong and LaBelle Davis. So I think if Virginia comes out the right way, they can, get, they can surprise Clemson a few times and get over the top of that defense. Uh, and, and like you said, take advantage of those blitz packages that are being shot at them from Clemson and, and see if you can get some early scores. Put Clemson on their heels. See if they can put Clemson on their heels. Now, with that being said, I am picking Clemson. Uh, I'm not picking the upset. But, <laughs> but, but I think Virginia will make it interesting early, and, and then Clemson will probably pull, like, pull away in like the second or third quarter. <laughs> you said the second or third that's the, that's the quarter after the first quarter. That, that is correct, Charlie. You, 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 good job, Charlie. That's good. Uh, I, I I can go with that. Uh, of course, Clemson will win the game. Yeah. But uh, Virginia, you know, I, I I think they can make it interesting. Yeah. You know, when it's all said and done, you know, with some of the things that are, they were able to accomplish last week. And, you know, the Armstrong kid, I, I, I like him, you know, like I, I talked about earlier. I, I like the way he throws the ball. Uh, he runs it well. They run have some, you know, some runs for him, design runs for him. Uh, but he's also able to get out of the pocket. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see if, if he gets tricked uh, with some of the blitzes and he can find the right guy. But it does help to have a six, seven guy to be able to throw it to. Um jump balls or you know 50 50 balls those are you know always always good big to have big targets uh, right on the outside uh so i would say it, it can be a competitive game i'm just not sure if they can slow clemson down yeah um is the you know is is the question yeah it, all, it always comes down to that it, it can you match them point for point and and or can you get stops real stops and i listen while while virginia had a great first showing i don't know if they're ready for this yet so <laughs> it's a tough second game but all right we got our picks in charlie i will give you uh final thoughts my friend we are, what, are you, what are you looking forward to most this weekend um well, I'm looking forward to watching the Seminoles hopefully dominate. <laughs> but it'll be interesting, the Clemson-Virginia game that we just got finished talking about. Yeah. Um, and how competitive it is. Because right now, I think everyone's kind of looking to see how Clemson is going to uh, fall. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I know if, when we were at Florida State, when we were on our road for quite some time. Uh, <laughs> you reminded you know, people, me again. I saw that. People people were always trying to find how we were going to fall. Yeah. Who was going to beat us? The team that was going to match up well with us. And now, you know, that's what people are doing with Clemson. Like, who's going to take them off their throne? Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how Virginia plays this week. Uh, against Clemson and looking forward to hopefully a competitive game. Uh, but I want to see North Carolina. Yeah. Um, Same. You know, hopefully North Carolina, Notre Dame, those should be some interesting uh, games coming up here. I just want to see their games. Yeah. It's, I don't, I, at some point, they got to get back on the field at some point, I would assume. But <laughs> Are they not playing this week? Yeah, no, no. They, I, I don't think they're in there. Playing this week. Yeah, they're all they North Carolina and um um I Notre Dame. I don't know if Notre I don't I think Notre Dame was scheduled off this week. And then uh oh I apologize. North Carolina. Somehow I missed that. North Carolina and Boston College. I did miss that. I apologize. Matter of fact, they have the the uh four o'clock uh two thirty. 2.30 game at Boston College on ABC. So uh, let's add them in. I, I did not – somehow I missed that. I don't know how I missed that. But uh, North Carolina will take on Boston College. Who you got on that one? Well, I'm going with North Carolina. Um, they've been off, and so they're hungry. Boston College, I don't know what happened last week. Maybe it's the uh, inconsistency of, you know, having been in a new system. Um, and, or taking the team lightly, but I think North Carolina will win that game. Yeah, I think North Carolina will, will, will probably dominate that game. Boston College, I I don't know. I honestly don't know what they're doing. I could be, be perfectly honest. With you. I mean, when they when they showed when they played the way they played against Texas State, that kind of made me go, "Wow, I, what are we looking at here?" Like that, that should have been. That should have been their Jacksonville State game, but and it wasn't. So um, maybe they right the ship, but I think North Carolina is the absolute wrong opponent to, to get next to try to right the ship. But you we'll, you never know. Some teams play down to their opponent, and then they play up to the next opponent. So we'll see what, what Boston College really is this week, 2.30 on ABC. All right. Well, Charlie, I appreciate you, man. And uh, as always, man, have a great weekend, and I will uh, we'll do this all again on recording live on the Noisemaker page on Monday. The, uh, uh, it'll be ready for podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, the Believe Podcast Network, and wherever podcasts can be heard on Tuesday. And uh, I just appreciate you, man, and uh, we'll do it all again next week. All right. All right, brother. Have a good one. You too. You have been listening to Believe in the ACC with Charlie Ward and Lloyd Spence. You can tune in every Tuesday and Thursday on the Believe Podcast Network, Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere podcasts can be heard. You can also watch Charlie and Lloyd on Facebook, on the Noisemakers page, and on YouTube, on the Noise Media YouTube channel. Please like subscribe and follow on all our platforms and we will keep taking you inside the ACC.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.